0: Welcome to the Breaking the Startups podcast, where we feature stories of people from non-traditional backgrounds who broke into tech. Today, we're chatting with Kenny Tran, who is a passionate writer and coder. He chose to forego college and instead pursued his personal projects and his love of writing. After reading a post on Hacker News about App Academy, he decided to apply and learn how to code, joining the first Ruby on Rails cohort. However, his story doesn't end there. From there, he went on to attend Hack Reactor and build a cool project called Purify CSS that went viral on GitHub and Hacker News. In this episode, Kenny talks about his bootcamp journey. We take a deep dive into the differences between App Academy and Hack Reactor, his job search experience, the life lessons he learned along the way, and the awesome projects he created. What I find fascinating about his story is that at the time of the interview, Kenya was working at Mesosphere, which is one of the coolest startups in Silicon Valley, while his peers were still getting ready to graduate from college and start looking for a job. Kenya is a living proof that it doesn't matter where you went to school, what your GPA is, or if you even went to college. All that matters is what you could do. Over the last few months, we've had an amazing outreach from you, our fans, asking for specific next steps that you could take to break into tech. We listen to you guys and put together the Breaking the Stars" 5 Step Challenge. If you go to BreakingTheSarps.com forward slash challenge, you can learn all about the challenge and the instructions. The main objectives of the five steps is to get you connected with others who have similar backgrounds and interests and learn how to build relationships with people in tech who will become your biggest advocates. As always, give us your feedback by dropping a review on iTunes. It's not only the best way to tell us and our team about what you think of this podcast, but it will also help us tailor the stories to what you, the listener, wants to hear. Now, without further ado, please enjoy this episode, and let's break in.
1: Growing up, we're told that in order to be successful, you need to be a banker, a doctor, or a lawyer. That's what the gatekeepers want you to think. But we're part of something bigger. We're part of a technological revolution. Either you're at the table or on the table. Get in 10X. Yo, 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 this is Ruben Harris. So I'm here with the homies Arthur and Timor Meister, and this is the Breaking Into Startups podcast. Timor, can you please tell the people what we're doing today?
0: Yeah, so we're sitting here at Telegraph Academy with a very special guest with a very unique story. It's about 6 30 p.m. on a Sunday, and we're talking about breaking into startups. Arthur, can you please introduce our guest? Sure. So today we have Kenny Tran, who has a very unique story. He After graduating high school, he decided to forego going to college. And instead, he chose to work on his personal projects. He's very passionate about writing, and he was pursuing that. And then one day, he saw a post on Hacker News about App Academy, and he enrolled, decided to attend it, and he started coding. And then eventually, he also attended Hack Reactor and built some very cool projects that went uh, viral on GitHub, Hacker News. And uh, he eventually joined Metasphere, which is a really awesome infrastructure startup out here as a front-end engineer. Yeah, so before we begin, Kenny, give us a little bit of of your background and tell us what you were up to before, kind of in high school or before you got into tech.
2: Cool. Uh, Yeah, it's great to be here with you guys. All right. So, so yeah, I graduated high school in 2011, Rosemead High School. It was a really emotional graduation ceremony. (laughs) And after that... I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I mean, I was really like I wasn't really adamant in going not going to college or going to college. When the time came to register for my classes, like all the classes were booked up, so then that's basically how I made my decision for not going to college. It wasn't like some super passionate like f this, I'm not going to go to college. It was just like I was just taken in by the circumstances. And then after that, I worked Various, various jobs. I worked in um, in a warehouse, which was, that was not that fun. And then I <laughs> tutored kids. And then, like you said, I saw App Academy and applied. And then I got in.
1: Yeah. And and, and before those factory jobs yeah, and yeah. before like making that decision to not go into college, uh-huh. what were you passionate about in high school? What were you doing in high school?
2: In high school, I was passionate on a lot of things. I was passionate... I remember one of the my most favorite high school memory was like I hosted this talent show. And then I remember writing the monologue for that talent show. I was like super into it. I was really into writing that. And that's kind of like what sparked my interest for writing. I was kind of like did that. And then in technology, in high school, me and two other friends chipped in five hundred dollars to hire this company. To build, you know, like the cliche social network for my high school, and that never panned
1: out. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about that experience. I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't technical that want to start companies that are thinking about hiring people to build products for them. And so, yeah, yeah. how was that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I remember at that time I was like so obsessed with finding like, oh, I gotta find the technical co-founder. It's like I gotta find the unicorn. Like, where, where is he at? You know, and then I actually even wrote a like a post about that. And then I hired that company. That really, that experience really gave me, really like, in order to make something good, like you gotta have like really fast feedback loops. Like the feedback loop when you hire some somebody else is like you say what you want, they do it. That takes one month or whatever comes back to you. You could take it. Like that feedback loop is like really slow. So. If you want to make something that's really awesome, like I think learning how to code is really gonna is really important because you can just like type in some code, refresh your browser, and then you can see the results of that and you like the quality just can get really good so fast
1: yeah, yeah. and and if you don't have if you don't know how to code and you are hiring someone else, like mm-hmm. having a feedback loop where you have that instant response versus a month response is is helpful
2: oh yeah right? yeah it's really it's really helpful.
0: Nice. So you were basically before the interview you told us that you were um, kind of you had a few blog posts you posted on Hacker News mm-hmm. and then you saw a post about App Academy. So what motivated you to pursue coding as a career potentially?
2: Yeah, I never imagined myself as a coder. So if like you if you're listening to this and you're like, Oh, I've like coding's just not for me. I'm not a coder. I like I'm not one of those guys that like stay up at night like just in the terminal, or whatever. Like totally that was me. That was like I just looked at it and they really had a great tagline Mm -hmm. where it's like, you don't pay unless you get a job. And like, that just gives it so much credibility. And I've, like I said, I've been interested in making apps and making websites and stuff like that. So I thought, just give it a shot and apply. Mm -hmm. And yeah.
0: And I think one uh, important thing to note is, when you applied to App Academy, it was one of their earliest cohorts, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. It was one of the earliest cohorts. It was the first Ruby on Rails cohort. Mm-hmm. There was a cohort before mine that was iOS.
1: Yeah.
0: So when you, uh, I guess, when you started App Academy, what was your experience like? What did you think about your classmates? Did it meet your expectation?
2: Oh, man. Like, one of the best things for going to a coding bootcamp is, like, uh, is definitely the classmates. Mm-hmm. Because... A coding bootcamp is like a distilled, like it's like a distilled version of everybody who's like really, really motivated. Mm-hmm. Just because they have like that filtering effect in the beginning, like you got to be really, really motivated to learn enough to get even get accepted. Mm-hmm. So the classmates like kind of blew my mind. That was the first time where like everywhere I looked, everybody was just like super motivated, and yeah, like, yeah, and and, there?
1: and a lot of people, you know. Taking a risk like this to go into not just a boot camping and mm-hmm. a career that you didn't even think of before in one of the first cohorts and then, you know, taking a decision like that doesn't just affect you, affects other people. So how did your friends feel about this? How did your family feel about this? And what helped you go through either the frustrations or what positive reinforcement did they give you as you were going through this?
2: Like my mom, when I first uh, told my mom that I didn't register for classes for college. Like she, of course, was like, I don't even remember her exact reaction. I just remember like she was like slightly, I just remember she was unhappy, but it wasn't like, oh my God, like it wasn't like something crazy. And then she just, she just got on with it and she was pretty supportive of me. And yeah.
0: By the way, how old were you when
1: you enrolled into App Academy?
2: When I enrolled into App Academy, I was, I think I was like 19. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was super young. Nice.
1: So yeah. having somebody supporting you and, and being being behind you is, is important.
2: Yeah, yeah. That was that was really big. I mean, I owe a lot to my mom. So, I mean, you know, she gave birth to me.
1: <laughs> and then she
2: gave me uh, shelter. She gave me food and stuff like that. She gave me a lot of support, like, to this day, even. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's funny that you bring up shelter. So when you did App mm-hmm. Academy, you're 19 years old. Yeah. Uh, how do you afford living in the city? How do you... Um, Kind of afford uh paying the tuition, what was your yeah. plan on doing that? so then
2: like there's like a deposit that you have to give for App Academy How much is that deposit at the time? at the time it was 3k I have no idea what it is today. This was around 2013 and that came from my mom so another kudos to my mom and then the funny thing is I had friends living in San Francisco and I at that moment I didn't really care where I lived. I just wanted like the cheapest thing. That's what I thought, like my naive self, right? Mm-hmm. So then the place I th- I think it was like two fifty a month. You for, found a place
1: two fifty a month?
2: Yeah, San Francisco two fifty a month. Wow! But it wasn't even a room. <laughs> it was it was a couch, and I honestly think like this is going a little bit ahead. But in App Academy, I didn't a lot of the information was like a fire hose. I didn't absorb a lot of it. I honestly think a large part of that is because I paid two fifty f- for where I lived. Like, the place I lived, like, was really, really bad. Like, people around me were, like, smoking smoking weed. Like, I, like, like every night, like, I would wake up and I would smell weed. I was, like, I don't even know if I'm high right now. Like, how <laughs> do I know I'm not high if they're just, like, hotboxing in the next room? I'm just sleeping in the living room on a, on a couch. And I, it was hard for me to sleep. And, like, I don't know if there's a lesson here. Like, if you're about to go on a journey where you have to learn a lot, you should
1: probably... Uh, have, like, a good environment so you can sleep and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, no, it sounds like you made it despite the environment and you were yeah. able to humble yourself regardless to save money and put yourself mm-hmm. in a good position. And so what was the um, – was it easy going through App Academy?
2: No, it was not easy. It was uh, it was pretty tough. It, up until that point, it was – I yeah, I honestly think it was, like, one of the hardest things I ever did in my life because I didn't prepare myself as well as I could have. That's another piece of advice, like, prepare yeah, so there's a lot of things I would redo.
1: And how did you prepare for App Academy?
2: App Academy sent out an email like, "Okay, you should probably read this. You should probably do this." And then I did that, and I didn't really like fully like absorb the information. You know, I wasn't like, "Oh, I really got to understand these concepts." It wasn't like that for me. I think after I got accepted to App Academy, I was just like so surprised. It's like you just become like, "Oh yeah, I made it. Like I got accepted. That's it. I don't got to work."
1: But that's when it starts.
2: But that's when it starts. That's when the work starts. Like that's and then I'm I made that mistake. But it was just because getting accepted was just so unexpected.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. can you tell us a little bit more about this and that? What is this and that? What did they tell you to read? Oh, to there was
2: like a Peter something Ruby book.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Michael Hurdle or
2: Oh my, I didn't I we did that during the course. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys did that before, but we did that during the course. It was like a Peter Cooper. There you go. Peter Cooper, Ruby book. We went through that. And then, um, yeah. And then they gave you, like, they they gave you problems to solve, like these practice problems to solve. And then I did it, like, the day before class. that, And then I turned that in, like, the day before. So Got it. I should have, like, understood that better.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like there were a lot of lessons that you learned kind of as you went through experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once you graduated from App Academy, what were your next Actions.
2: Uh, so during App Academy, like App Academy has this project fe- period, and like you're supposed to suggest projects for you to do. Mm-hmm. And I suggested a project, and it was wasn't accepted for one reason or another. I really don't know why. But then that project, I really wanted to do that project because I was I've been thinking about it for a while. So then on my off time, I I, I was I would work on that project. And then I would go on to App Academy and work on the projects that I had to work on there. And so then after App Academy, like I showed the project that I was working on my own to my friends. And then it kind of like a lot of people started using it. So then I just kind of like worked on that project
0: mm-hmm.
2: instead of fully going into the job search. I think deep down, probably another reason was at that point, I probably had a lot of like, what do you call it? Like you, you think you're not really ready. Like, uh, the imposter syndrome imposter syndrome there you go I think I like I probably had a little bit of that too but then it was a combination of those reasons that I didn't really go for a job mm-hmm.
1: yeah and tell us a little bit more about that project
2: yeah that project was a it was an electronic music site where it's basically like today if you just type in like EDM Reddit uh subreddit you're probably gonna find a subreddit if you go to it it's like you submit links it gets voted up and down. Like the, the most recent tracks that get posted go to the top. Basically, I made like a Hacker News for mm-hmm. for EDM music. Got it.
0: Nice, yeah. nice. So it sounds like when you were in high school, for instance, you had an idea, you wanted to build it, mm-hmm. you didn't know how to code. So you mm-hmm. hired someone to do it. Yeah. Now, a year or two later, you go through App Academy, you yeah. learn the skill set, uh, yeah, you're able to actually exactly. create things that you see like a problem in the world, You mm-hmm. you're open to building it. What other things did you build after App Academy?
2: Yeah, I just want to touch on that point. Like, it was kind of crazy to me. Like, after I learned how to code, it was kind of crazy for me, for people to just, like, not be coding their own projects. Because it's like this. It's like you've been really, really wanting to do something. And then you're finally able to do it. And then that's kind of why I I worked on all these projects. It's like, I'm finally able to do it. Like, Mm -hmm. Like, and... And yeah, so a couple of other projects that I worked on after App Academy was uh, this site called flixdeck.com. And I kinda regret that name, it's kinda hard to say it. But it's like flixdeck.com is like Netflix combined with Rotten Tomatoes. Like you could basically like you browse Netflix and it has Rotten Tomatoes scores next to each movie.
0: And you know? we actually looked at the website uh, before the show and it's very well designed. Uh it has cool UI. Thank you. Uh thank you. It's definitely a website that I would probably wanna go to when yeah. I'm looking
1: for a Netflix movie. Yeah, I mean it's definitely a point for anybody that's trying to get straight into a Netflix until chill session that could just hit refresh and find yeah. something and be yeah. good to go.
2: Like uh to anybody listening to this that like might actually try it, like just warning it's out of date. Like the movies aren't up to date. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's just there because I think it's like really cool. It's like yeah. a really cool project.
0: Got nice. it. And so uh, you worked on a few projects, including uh, mm-hmm. Flags Deck. Yeah, uh, Flix. Flix. Uh, deck. Flix Deck. Yeah. <laughs> Flix Deck. Yeah. Like I said, I regret the name.
2: <laughs> it was a good idea at the time. It's so,
0: still a good idea. <laughs> what motivated you to um, go ahead and apply to Hack Reactor? Because you kind of you already knew how to code to some degree, right? So what, yeah, what were your motivation to, for doing another bootcamp?
2: Yeah, I knew how to code. The reason I I felt like I had more to learn. In App Academy, I didn't learn JavaScript all that well. Like, they, they made you create games and stuff like that, browser-based games. But then I didn't learn... At the point when I went to Hack Reactor, that's when the JavaScript framework started to get hot. And I, I'd never worked with the JavaScript framework or anything like that. I just... I made, like, small games with JavaScript. And then Flickstack, which was job, really JavaScript-heavy, like it's like the javascript is just in one file it's like this mess spaghetti code mm-hmm. right so then and if i wanted to get a job as a uh, as a javascript engineer or front-end developer i can't show people this mm-hmm. like they're gonna throw me out of the office if i show this people this this is terrible yeah so then a hack reactor had this deal where it's if you've previously been to a coding bootcamp and the coding boot camp is like pretty big they'll give you they'll allow you to delay half of your tuition. So then that kind of made me be like, okay, like, why not?
0: And that's for a Hack Reactor remote. So right? it's not
1: the traditional oh, Hack yeah, Reactor yeah. program.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. It's for the remote. Oh, and I actually just remember now that, like, it wasn't a delay, like, delay half your tuition. It was actually cuts your half your tuition by half. Oh, wow. So you didn't even have to pay half the tuition. I think mm-hmm. that was, like, one of the big motivators. I was like, it was at that point the deal is like a steal
0: yeah yeah can you yeah. tell us a little bit more about hack reactor remote what is that
2: yeah hack reactor remote is really really great because you can basically hack reactor remote is like you go to and like an online class now when you first hear online class you're just like oh my god this is this is like code academy this is just like i'm not going to learn anything here mm-hmm. like this is going to be so slow right but then that's not true. Like the online classroom for Hack Reactor is the same curriculum as the on-site uh Hack Reactor. Like you're going at the same pace, you're learning the same concepts and stuff like that. It's just that like you're just video conferencing mm-hmm. instead of being in an actual classroom. And yeah, like
0: And is it still a, like a 10-hour a day commitment or
2: Yeah, it's the same exact commitment okay. as uh on-site Hack Reactor. It's the same in so many ways. Like curriculum, projects, like the structure of hour to hour of how you do it. You just can't go out to lunch with your, uh, you know, your classmates. But that's, like, the only difference. Yeah.
0: And were you still able to build friendships with uh, people that you met during hack React Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That was one of the worries. That was one of the worries. Because I remember when I went to App Academy, one of the best things about it was, like, like I said, like going to lunch with your classmates and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And... Like I said before, it's like a distillation of, like, everybody who's, like, super ambitious and stuff like that. So I was scared I was going to miss out on that. But, like, to this day, I still keep in touch with a lot of remote pack-reactor people. Mm-hmm. I I text a lot of them. Like, a lot of them, I would say, like, half of them moved to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So, like, I grabbed lunch with them and stuff like that. So I, I definitely feel like you still make a lot of friendships.
1: How big is the remote cohort?
2: So, uh, the remote cohort, I think they capped it per cohort. is like 20 people. So, it's not too big. Mm-hmm. Not too big.
0: Nice. Yeah. So, I guess when you came to when Reactor came to an end, mm-hmm. I know you built a project, Purify CSS. It became super popular and yeah. like got a lot of uh, stars on GitHub. Can you mm-hmm. tell us a, bit, a little bit about that?
2: So, Purify CSS, what it is, is like, so you have minification for your CSS, which uh-huh. basically, like, it, it makes your CSS files smaller, right? So Purify CSS is... Okay, so the way minification works is it makes, like, uh, it shortens... It removes all the spaces, removes all the unnecessary code. Uh-huh. Purify CSS does the same thing where it removes unnecessary code, but it does it by checking whether the CSS selectors are actually used in your application. Mm -hmm. Basically, it removes dead code for people who aren't technical. And yeah, so...
0: Yeah, and did you you learn kind of that skill set while you were at Hack Reactor? Or how did you even learn how to do that? Because Hack Reactor doesn't stress CSS.
2: Yeah, Hack Reactor doesn't stress CSS. I think a big part of it was, like my two other classmates who worked with me on the project, they learned how to code straight up from Hack Reactor, right? So Mm -hmm. I came into Hack Reactor making a couple apps I learned a lot of CSS from doing that. I didn't learn CSS from App Academy. Like I learned CSS basically mm-hmm. by doing it on my own. So then I was really lucky. Like at that point, I can use that knowledge to mm-hmm. create this project. And I think I I kind of got kind of lucky with that.
1: Mm-hmm. Got it. So so you went from a, a failed startup in high school to no, a no. Pro- I wouldn't even <laughs> call
2: it a startup, dude. Like it was. Oh man that's embarrassing it was an embarrassment is what so it was.
1: so a non-starter project yeah in a high non-starter school. project Yeah, a project that you're working on app academy that got mm-hmm. rejected but you were still proud of with the edm hacker rank thing
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: and then yeah. you did the flex the Flix deck
2: yeah Flix um, deck. and
1: then you have this super popular project that yeah. went pretty viral on yeah. github on it during hack reactor so sounds like you're on this upward trajectory so how yeah. did you go about your next decisions about what you wanted to do next out of Hack Reactor?
2: So after I did Hack Reactor, I just wanted to get a job basically.
1: Like that was, man, like I didn't. And by the way, by the way, yeah, were you still living in that $250 a month? Apartment? No,
2: no, no, no. I learned my lesson. Like that is a life lesson I would carry with me. Like I have to have my own room. Like I have to have like time to myself just to like, you know, not get interrupted and stuff like that. I think that's like so important. Like, at least get enough time to sleep. Like that's just ridiculous. It's like basic lifestyle. Yeah,
0: I mean, during these intense programs, your like mental health and physical yeah. health is very important. And if you start sacrificing that, yeah. it will you'll definitely see side effects.
2: Mm-hmm, totally. I mean, there's like a lot of studies on this too, so this is not BS.
1: So during Hack Reactor Remote, you were where?
2: I was at home. Got so it. I was living with my my parents, and that really helped. Like because I was in my own environment.
1: Shout out to mom.
2: Shout out to mom! Like, thanks and, a lot.
0: And how old were you at that time?
2: At that time, I was, I was twenty-one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was twenty-one. I'm twenty-two right now. My one year for Mesosphere, which is a company I joined after Hack Reactor, is
0: like in two days. Nice. Or
2: yeah, by the time you're hearing this, That's awesome.
0: So you basically foregone college. Yeah. You Did all these interesting projects mm-hmm. and um, got a lot of life experience in the middle of it. And uh, you already have one year of experience under your belt, whereas your peers would have been graduating college just about now looking for their first job, basically.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty it's pretty crazy because at Mesosphere, like, I sit right next to an intern. And I think, like, it's like a front-end engineer intern, and I feel like, I think I'm younger than him. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, so cool. it's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, and like, at a hack reactor, was it just like one shot, one kill? you just like, applied to Mesosphere, you got in, or did you apply to a bunch no. of companies and no, you say, I, I want to get a job and this is what I want to do?
2: Man, it was, it was, it was surprisingly tough. Cause like, it was crazy. I had this huge, I feel like I was on a momentum, right? I had a lot of momentum. I had this project I was doing really well. Like I led with that every single place I applied. Right. Cause yeah. And then it turns out that like every single company that where I reached out maybe through their site or whatever or some hiring mm-hmm. site, I never got back from them. Like They never got back to me.
1: Mm-hmm. And like, how many companies was that,
2: that? That was about probably, I mean, this is low. This is low compared to other people, but like 40 people. Got it. 40 companies. Mm-hmm. I applied. And no, nobody responds. Nobody responded.
0: So what's your next step?
2: So my. this is where things get interesting. Because like, all right. So I looked at my project, right? So I had a couple thousand stars at that point. Like I think it was like 3,000. I went to the people who started, right? There's like this list, and then and GitHub, you can see mm-hmm. their companies and stuff like that. So it's like, oh, this guy works at Google. I'll just like, and <laughs> he has his email in his GitHub account. So then I sent him an email being like, hey, I'm the creator of Purified P- P- CSS. I'm looking for a job.
1: That's smart. So
2: basically, I did I did that for a lot of companies, and then like the conversion rate for that was like really high. It was like 50% con- conversion rate. It was awesome. crazy. But it turns out for Mesosphere. I didn't even do that for Mesosphere. They actually reached out to me. Wow! And that's how I got the job at Mesosphere. It was
1: just like inbound? Just random?
2: It was just random. It was like from the CEO too. It was (laughs) like uh, he emailed me on like a Wednesday. I went and interviewed on Friday. And then I got the offer on on a Monday. Wow. Wow. That's insane.
0: So how did the CEO discover you? I
2: have no idea. I didn't even ask him.
1: Maybe maybe you should ask him. I should <laughs> ask him.
2: Yeah, I mean that that was really interesting, and that's almost like admirable too. It's like yeah. for a CEO to be like, because then he has to be really looking to like find my email, like yeah. for him to care that much about recruiting. I think that's a good sign. Yeah, and, and
1: was it a phone call or in person meeting?
2: No, it was uh, it was just an email, and then email, and he emailed me like you should interview, and then and then I did interview.
1: But was the interview with him or was it with oh, the...
2: the interview was like, it was an onsite. I went to an onsite, did like technical interviews like that. And then I met the co-founder
1: uh-huh. for like the one-on-one. Was that intimidating? Did Hack Director Remote prepare you well for it? What was that onsite interview like? I mean, you had not interviewed for a job oh, yeah. like that before.
2: Oh, man. So by the time I went into the uh, Mesosphere interview, like I already had an offer. I already had like a couple offers or something like that. But then I remember one thing that Mesosphere did really that was really unique was like they had a workday challenge where it's like you basically sit where you're going to sit and then like work on a feature. Like they give you this feature that to work on and then you actually do it. And I, that was really nerve wracking for me. I was like super nervous because I just came from working from remote where, you know, I'm just like in my own room mm-hmm. just by myself and then to working with. Like basically working in a row of like engineers and stuff like that, I was like really nervous, but it turned out i you know I did well enough to to get the offer, but I was really nervous
1: that's nice. awesome, that's awesome,
2: yeah, no, and actually like Hack Reactor does prepare you for that because they do a lot of mock interviews,
1: so through the remote program too yeah
2: yeah they yeah, you do like a mock interview with uh on a Google hangout, like they give you a problem, and then like you're just talking like you're in person. Nice. So
0: now that you're at Mesosphere, um, how would you say you stack up to other engineers on your team in terms of things that you're learning there? What is your experience?
2: I felt like I've been doing really well, actually. Like, I'm surprised at how well I've been prepared. Like, I would say, I think they've done studies where, like, they ask people, okay, how how good are you? I think everybody says above average. But honestly, I I do think I'm above average. (laughs) Like, I don't know if I'm just falling into that (laughs) bias. But I feel like I am above average in in the...
1: I mean, I, and I think like with engineering, it's kind of like you can see whether somebody's good or not based off of like their output and yeah, know, yeah. being yeah. Like,
2: I got like a raise six months into the job. So I feel like that's like confirmation.
1: Congrats. Yeah, yeah congrats. thanks. So what are you up to
0: now? Like what what's next for you?
2: So so like, yeah, in my past, like I said, like every single time I had like the instinct to work on a project, I always like felt good about it. And, like, whenever I got that feeling, I just always made sure to, like, follow that feeling and see where it led. And so, so yeah, like, when I, as I'm doing this interview, like, my last day at Mesosphere is going to be, like, in five days uh-huh. or something like that. So I, after that, I'm going to be working on a writing project. And I'm going to be writing about something that I think is really important. It's called Effective Altruism. And yeah, I think it's like a really important topic.
1: And we're not talking about writing code. We're talking about pen and paper. Oh, it's like right? pen and paper. Well, like <laughs> it's like fingertip keyboard. Got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. I like it. <laughs> I like it. And 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 tell just without revealing your entire project tell the people what about effective altruism is.
2: So, effective altruism is like, okay, if you if you had the goal for doing like the most good that you can possibly mm-hmm. do, like what would that look like? And effective altruism is it's not really, it's kind of like science, where like, you know, science is not, It's science is more like a method, you know, a method for finding the truth or leading you as close to the truth as possible. Effective altruism is basically like a method for finding like, like the most good that you can do. And it gets like evidence for that, mm-hmm. for what you actually. So it's like yeah. applying
0: a scientific method to charity giving.
2: Yeah, yeah it's a charity, not, it, and it's not even charity giving too. So it's like. Maybe you can do a career that is like really important, you know, for example, Elon Musk doesn't donate much, but like because of what he's done, like he and his projects he's taken on like it's done a lot of good, mm-hmm. so it's so effective altruism is just thinking about, okay, like what do I do if I want to do the most so
1: good. highest impact actions
2: yeah, highest impact actions, and charity is is a big part of that,
1: and making sure that it's measurable, so that's 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 dope, really cool, yeah, yeah, thanks, man. Can't wait to read about that. Yeah, for sure. And uh I guess
0: what was your reason? So a lot of people kinda in their in their minds they probably say, Hey, like this is the project that I feel passionate about, but mm-hmm. I wanna I don't wanna quit my job because I'm not gonna have an income coming in, so yeah, I'll do yeah. it on the side. It mm-hmm. sounds like you're pretty determined to pursue this project full time. Yeah. And to the extent of even quitting your job. So what yeah. was your decision process for that?
2: Yeah, so it makes me sound like super gung ho. But then a lot of decisions in my past, like like I said, With college, like I wasn't gung-ho about college, like, no, I'm not going to go to college. It was like, okay, I didn't get any classes, so I'm not going to do it. So the way I approached this was, okay, I'm going to try to write as much as I can in my off time and like learn as much as I can in my off time. And then I'm going to go to work, spend 40 hours doing that. And I just noticed like at this rate, if I continue, if I want to make it as good as I want it to be, like, it's just going to take years, like, and I just feel like quitting and then focusing on it, finishing it, and then if it goes nowhere, I'll just get another job again. So it's like the risk is not even there. So I feel like if there's no risk, then you can just do it.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And that's I guess one of the beauties of um, having a skill set that's valuable, and yeah. then also having that kind of couch you can crash on, like.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like having uh, my mom and having uh, like two coding boot camps that I did. Yeah, was super helpful. <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, if all else yeah. yeah. fails, you could always go back to mom and, you know, yeah. go yeah. back into engineering. Yeah, exactly. Create another project.
2: Yeah. So it's like, I feel like I've gotten so lucky. Like, like right when I graduated high school, or at least like a couple of years after I graduated high school, like that's when Cody Bootcamp started taking off. So it's like, it's it's a lot of luck here.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like while your peers are graduating from college, mm-hmm. you already have at least one year of experience working yeah. in the industry. You saved up enough money for you to say, hey, I I can afford to take a year off yeah. to focus on something that I'm very passionate about, yeah. which is incredible.
2: Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, it's like, it just goes to show how efficient like Coding Bootcamp is mm-hmm. versus university. Mm-hmm. University, it's like spread out. I mean, if you really think about it deeply, like you go to a Coding Bootcamp, it's three months, right? And then you're paying thousands of dollars. But you're basically paying thousands of dollars to save years off your life. Like, so... I don't know. That just seems like a really good deal for me.
0: Yeah. 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 So the, so the next part of our podcast is the lightning round. Mm-hmm. And that's the portion where Arthur Rubin and I will ask you a series of questions. Okay. So try to give us some um, kind of short responses, but include strategies, tactics, resources that you've used to kind of get to the point where you are today. Um, all right. So Arthur, you want to take it away? Yeah, sure. So imagine if you had to start all over again, you were dropped in a new city and you only had a hundred dollars. What would you do and how would you spend that $100?
2: So let's see. Let's see. I would just, so that $100 would uh, go to like the bare minimum for me to live.
0: So let's say your food and shelter was taken care
2: of. Oh, okay. Food and shelter is taken care of. Yeah. I mean, man, it's just like internet. <laughs> is Does that include internet? Um,
1: You could you could use Wi-Fi at a coffee shop. Yeah. All right, yeah.
2: Use- I mean, that's good enough for me. Like if I don't even have to work at that point. <laughs> like, why would I work at that point? Because like, you don't really. All right, I'd probably get like a minimum wage job where uh-huh. it's like I work like ten hours. Uh-huh. That's just enough for like me to buy the like stuff that pops up, uh-huh. clothing and stuff like that. Got it. That's got what
0: it. I would do. And then you can learn everything else you need to know online. Yeah, you
2: can learn everything else that you need on the internet, mm-hmm. and that can just lead you to where you want to go.
1: Food and a Wi Fi is all you need.
2: Yeah, food and Wi Fi and a com and a laptop.
1: Yeah, got it. Got That's it. So. And so. We talked a little bit about your your passion for DM and music. Throughout this process, when you were going through these tough uh, mm-hmm. situations, overcoming hurdles, what's one song or movie that you yeah. watched that helped you overcome this, if anything? Or what helped uh-huh. you overcome these roadblocks?
2: Yeah, man. I remember uh, during the hard times during Hack Reactor, one of the movies that I would watch a lot was Jiro uh, Dreams of Sushi. <laughs> Never seen it. I'm <laughs> Have gonna you guys watch seen that? It. No, not no. yet. You guys haven't seen that movie. Okay. Well, it's about, it's like a documentary about this sushi chef. It's like one of the best in the world. And it just shows you his work ethic, right? Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't, he just doesn't care about anything other than cooking sushi. And it's just like this calm, relaxed way of like, it's all about the practice. Mm -hmm. And it's like, like if this guy can just, and he just never takes a day off, even on holidays, whatever. If this guy can work that many hours and then doing something that's like relatively boring, then I can just, then like, I shouldn't be complaining. You I know. like it. So, like, that was one of the most inspiring things to me. Dude, Love it to watch. I'm
1: watching it tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: You guys should definitely watch it.
1: It's is it on Netflix?
2: Yeah, uh, it was on Netflix for a long period of time. I don't know if it is now. You guys should check.
0: We'll include in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Do cool. it. So, we have another question for you. So, having gone through two coding boot camps, having worked at one of the, I guess, one of the hottest startups, uh, what is the one piece of advice that you have for our listeners who are thinking about breaking it into tech?
2: For listeners breaking into tech, I would say, like, one important thing is just to always focus on, like, getting better. Mm -hmm. And, like, I remember, like, when during these two boot camps that I was in, a lot of the times, like, my energy, like, I would be thinking about things that didn't really matter. Like, oh, how am I comparing against, like, other people and stuff like that. It was, like, a lot of these things that just really do not matter at all. It's just, it's all about you becoming a better programmer. And I'll just say, if you just focus on that, like, you're going to go where you need to go. Like, if you just focus on getting better every single day. I think that's, like, the really important thing.
1: Yeah, and also, like, related to the advice question, (laughs) what's one thing that you fundamentally believed when you were going through this process that you've changed your mind on after this process?
2: So, I think one thing is that this is, one thing is that, like, you kind of think of programmers, before I was a programmer, you think of, you thought of programmers are these, these people who are just like, oh, straight up geniuses. Mm-hmm. You know, like everybody's like super amazing at coding. But then I just like, I just realized that day to day people aren't really like hardcore practicing that much. Like they're just kind of like coasting. And that's why you can take this boot camp for three months, like where every single day you're just, you're just in pain for every day for three months. And you can almost get up to that level. It's because like everybody isn't as good as you think they are. If you really practice and like face that pain every day, like you can just you can really become like better than you expected.
0: Yeah, and just to add to what you're saying is especially with the speed of uh, innovation on the front end with JavaScript, yeah. there's always like, new frameworks, uh, new like libraries that are coming out. Yeah. So if you're an engineer who's been working in the industry for 10 years, you could be stuck on a technology like jQuery, and yeah. then you're not learning React or some of the newer technologies. So someone yeah. who does do a boot camp, they can come in with that experience and that knowledge, and they'll actually know more than someone who's been coding and ju- just playing JavaScript for 10 years. So yeah. uh, that's definitely something that uh, you bring up that's very important to understand.
2: Yeah, and th- another thing you can take away from that is for uh, instead of like really focusing on learning the intricacies of like frameworks, a good thing to do is like focus on like the fundamentals mm-hmm. where like, even if the frameworks change, you can you still have that foundation that's like, that'll help you no matter what the framework is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, when I joined Mesosphere, Mesosphere front end is all React. And I never touched React before when I joined Mesosphere. And because like you kind of learn the fundamentals of um in the boot camps, like I was able to pick up react, so like like what are the fundamentals? I think like the fundamentals is just learning how to learn, like knowing that like you're gonna be uncomfortable in the beginning because like when you guys first do a boot camp, you're, like you're really uncomfortable and stuff like that, so then it's just like knowing that's okay and like getting through it
0: definitely so what is the best way for our listeners who may have any questions to get in touch with you? Are you on any social media or? Email. Uh yeah,
2: I have like a Twitter. I don't really use it that much. But you sh you could sh- you should just email me.
0: Nice. So what's your yeah. email?
2: My email is Kenny8 the number eight tran at gmail. Nice. Awesome.
1: And how can we uh stay posted on this next writing project?
2: Oh man, um Do you have cool. a newsletter? Well shit, I guess you should just follow me on Twitter at that point. <laughs> I really don't, but I I imagine when I finish it, I'm gonna be posting on Twitter. Right. Yeah. So
0: what's your handle on Twitter? My
2: Twitter handle is like, oh man. It's like underscore underscore KLT.
0: Okay. I had <laughs> cool. to do
2: I had to do two underscores <laughs> because my name is Kenny Tran.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Tran is like the most used
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: last name in the world. I don't know. It's up there.
1: Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. awesome. well thanks for yeah. taking the time to speak with us. Yeah. All right, thanks I for having me. We look forward to to reading and hearing about you. Yeah. yeah.
2: Thanks. Thanks guys.